Have you ever had someone refer to something going on in the community who asked you, what's going on there? What's the story with all that? The right answer lies with the people directly involved in it, the people who know. Why not hear their story? So welcome to What's the Story, Pekin? I'm Gary Gillis, your host, and I hope you enjoy this Pekin podcast. When crafting what's the story about any subject or topic in Pekin, we always seek the source or find the individual at the center of that story. Today's story is Pekin Soccer. Edgar Zandoval is the name I hear when you ask about who to reach out to to find out more about Pekin Soccer. But people have been quick to correct me. They tell me Edgar Sandoval is Pekin Soccer. So, Edgar, welcome. No pressure there with that introduction. That's very heavy, Gary. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't think, yeah. I don't think have, that's necessarily it, but uh, I appreciate the thought. We can have bumper stickers made with, with, with that on it. Um, I'm going to depart a little bit about what I kind of previewed for you. Uh, as I thought about it, I realized to have the success you've enjoyed here in Pekin working with uh, youth and youth soccer, uh, you have to bring a passion and a, perhaps a lifelong conviction uh, for soccer. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear a little more about Edgar Sandoval and your involvement in soccer and then how that morphed into the role you have here in Pekin. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I guess you go back to childhood, right? You know, sure. you you, uh, you, you you do things you liked in childhood and, and do the, the later in life version of that. Sure. And uh, I didn't actually start playing soccer until I was 12. Really? I was a baseball kid. Hmm. Um, but my parents... They just didn't really know about, you know, where to go and, and how to sign up and all those things. And um, now it happened. I was taking swim lessons, and I saw some kids playing soccer at a gym and just jumped in one day. And the cool. lady, the lady yeah. running it was like, hey, you know, you should get your kid involved in this. And, and so my dad took that to heart, and he got me on a, on a club team. And, and recognizing that I was starting kind of late, he got me on a second club team at the same time. And my mm. school had a team, so I was playing on three teams at once at one point just to see if I could, you know, pick it up. Sure. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I played in, in middle school, played my first couple of years in high school. And uh, when I was in high school, uh, I tore an ACL. Mm. And you tear an ACL in the mid, you know, the late 80s, that's a lot different than it sure. is today, right? Oh, yeah. Today, those kids are bouncing back. Uh, I mean, they're able to go in six, eight months, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, back to normal in a year, uh, sure. by and large. Um, and so it's funny, because after I got hurt, I'd still love the game. Um, but really couldn't play mm-hmm. that much anymore. So I started coaching. So I went to the coaching clinic with adults. I was 16. Really? And, uh, you know, at 16, I started as an assistant with my dad. And then the next year, they, the league gave me my own team. And here I was, you know, mm-hmm. 17 years old, coaching my, my first soccer team and, and uh, just loved it. Uh, and then fast forward, you know, I went to college and there was an opportunity for that there. Um, you know, moved around working in TV for a few years and uh, finally got a job at Caterpillar. And um, it was one of those things where I started volunteering at the high school because, you know, finally for the first time I could volunteer for something because I wasn't working second shift, you know, getting off the news mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock at night. And three years of volunteering at Pekin High. And then when the, uh, the coach left for another job and no one else applied, they asked me. And 20 years later, here I am. So good for you. Uh, I, really, I really do enjoy it. Well, you know, your impact is, is pretty well known, even though I don't know much about soccer. Your name is one I, I hear, of course. And what do you attribute the success in the growth and popularity to in Pekin soccer? I know popularity on a global basis is growing, but you know, 
there's things that are attributed to you specifically and so your approach to it and how you've got and how you continue to get kids interested yeah i mean you know i think a couple things um one thing is you got to make it fun mm-hmm. right I'm, I'm you know yes i'm competitive yes i coach a high school program yes i've helped start clubs but at the same time you know in in my fourth go round of being a youth club coach uh one of the things that i really focused on with with josh norman um with this youngest speaking pride team that we, we coach uh was retention right because uh it's one of those things where if you want to keep building this you have to recognize that um when kids get to a certain age they're going to have other interests they're going to be pulled, uh, pulled different directions for different activities in junior high school. And so if you don't have a, a big enough group, you're going to struggle to keep a team going because mm-hmm. soccer at that point is 11 versus 11. So, so really, you know, the question isn't, is, is like, hey, you know, I want the kids to enjoy it. And their parents ask them, hey, do you want to come back and do it? And, if, and hopefully the answer is yes. And, and we've, we've had some good success really just focusing on, um, you know, how much they enjoy the game. You know? sure. I mean, we're still working hard. We're still pushing hard. Mm-hmm. But just keeping that thought in mind, I think, uh, is really big. That and then the flexibility. You know, I know there are other sports who are like, look, and, you know, at nine years old, we want you to specialize and focus on this. And, and your, our thing is your thing. And that's it. But I think that causes a lot of burnout for kids, mm. you know, playing yeah. sports. I, sure. I really think, you know, when they're younger especially, let them try everything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, dive into one thing only. I mean, if you love it, great. But you don't have to dive into one thing only when you're eight or nine years old. But I don't think, you know, that philosophy is shared by a lot of people. Sure. I think, you know, in our in our efforts to be flexible and, and work with other organizations and try to schedule around other things, uh, I, I think that's a real benefit for the kids. But... Uh, like I said, I, th- I think, you know, as things get competitive in other sports and fighting for players, uh, I think that's just a challenge for some, some, some sports. Do you find, I read somewhere where one of the complaints about U.S. soccer, youth soccer, is uh, unlike counterparts elsewhere in the world, there's a cost associated with it and that uh, perhaps that's prohibitive to some people. To me, I would think you just have a feel in a soccer ball, you could have kids play, but on an organized level, is that something you find, and, and how do you approach that? Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Um, you know, there are costs, right? Mm-hmm. It costs to register the kid to play. It costs to uh, pay for the tournaments that they're going to and the leagues that they're, they're involved in. Uh, uniforms cost. But here in Pekin, we're, we're working really hard to make sure that cost isn't the thing that keeps kids away. So uh, all our coaches are volunteers. Um, you know, I, I think a few... Now we're getting a little bit of stipend uh, if they don't have a kid on the team, just to kind of you know make up for for some of that. But uh, you know we have mostly volunteer coaches. Um, we have fields through the park district, so we're not paying um, you know too much for that. Mm-hmm. You know we don't own land, so we're not you know struggling with those kinds of things. Um, we're getting sponsorships for jerseys, so kids who might not be able to afford a jersey are, are getting a free jersey. Uh, we're trying to combat those things, but you know, in America, that is, you know, it is pay to play. I mean, this is this is the sure. reality, and it doesn't matter the sport. You know, some sports are more expensive than others, but definitely here in Pekin, we're trying to do our best to to not have that be the barrier. You know. So, what would be the the timeline? Let's let's say, if for example, my grandson who's five, and he, if we get him into soccer, what's the how does that his involvement evolve all the way up to the high school level? From where does he go to, to the next level to the next? Yeah, so at four, five, and six, 
you're looking at mostly recreational things. Mm-hmm. So things that the park district do. Pekin Park District has a great, great program in the spring. Uh, Boys and Girls Club has a great program in the fall. And really just to get them introduced to it. And then when they get to about seven, eight, or nine, that's when you want to start seeing if they really like it. Um, you know, have them try something like Pekin Pride where uh, it is a little bit more competitive. You are playing clubs from other towns, other cities. Uh, you know, I know people get scared away by the thought of travel, but really, you know, at that level, travel is going to be Morton, uh, Mossville, okay. you know, maybe Springfield, maybe Decatur. Mm-hmm. Um, then as they get older, a little bit older, then you're looking, you know, at, at Rockford, Chicago, uh, Indianapolis, St. Louis, that kind of thing. So we, we don't really go too much further than that, by and large. Sure. So, uh, but that's the, that's kind of the progression. Okay. The... Um like in many sports, there seems to be a appeal or a draw when there's some high-profile event that surrounds it. I know at the the park district, we've seen an increase, for example, in gymnastics. You know, when you kind of align that with the Olympics and success in the, with the American team or something to that effect. I know tennis has had the same thing. Golf, uh, Tiger Woods and his effect on, on golf and youth golf. Uh, and then you get to the World Cup, and it seems the popularity continues to grow and explode. I get a, have to admit to feeling a little jealous when you see the, the the outcome of a victory and a whole nation is supporting that. It's not like you know one city in America that wins a Super Bowl or whatever. That's pretty impressive. But think of the whole nation backing it. I even saw some statistic, and I may be incorrect with this, but I think it was 2016 when Iceland beat England, and the, the data showed that uh, like eight percent of the population of Iceland attended the game and 99.8% viewed it on television and the other statistic and maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this but there was a high spike in the birth rate nine months after that that victory so <laughs> um, and here we are talking about youth sports uh, but I, I think that you know is there something you can attribute to the global popularity that shows or, or adds to the interest kids have locally yeah, I mean, I think soccer is is the world sport, and you know, you don't necessarily feel that here, except maybe around the World Cup time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think on on the women's side, uh, the U.S. women's national team has had so much success over the last you know how many yeah. decades, uh, and so that's helped I think grow the the women's game for sure. Uh, but with the men's game, they you know they're improving. I mean, they they took a, another step this year, mm-hmm. and 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 I think you definitely see it even even in in our town where it's not the most popular sport, but. People are getting into it, you know. They're, you're doing World Cup parties and, and gathering at, at at restaurants to to watch the game. I know we were in Las Vegas um, seeing family at some point uh, during this last World Cup, and I mean, it was crazy hmm. how packed some of these restaurants were. Um, probably because you know you have people from all over the over the world in Las Vegas and and looking to to feel that camaraderie. And and yeah, I think there's there's a lot of that. And then locally too, um, at least uh, you know as I've seen it over these years. You know, with our, our youth club, uh, Peak and Pride Soccer Club, the first group of those girls um, to do it. So some of them played co-ed early, and then they got together to form their own girls team. And they just had unbelievable success. I mean, they were really, you know, for what we'd expect from the first team from our town, first girls team, uh, they, they were fantastic. And I think younger girls took note, uh, hmm. younger sisters and their friends and and I, you know, you talk about the success of our high school program. Firmly plant uh, plant some some kudos there because those girls did real well and 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 got some recognition and 
and they showed how much fun it could be. And I think sure. that really opened the door to a lot of younger girls doing it uh, even now. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side, what's the biggest challenge that you have? I mean, is it competing with those other sports? Although I saw some data that showed that with the age group you're working with, I believe soccer has displaced baseball in terms of popularity. There's more people showing interest in soccer than baseball. Yeah, I mean, within our town, Gary, I think the biggest challenge is, you know, a lot of people didn't grow up playing soccer, mm-hmm. right? And right? So parents are going to gravitate toward the sports they know and, and you know, potentially steer their kids that way. Uh, so, so that does make it a challenge. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, that, that uh, you still can't win some of those kids over, but I think that makes it tough, you know? I mean, you know, football and soccer being the fall, um, I think it's just a challenge. We've got a fantastic JFL program here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's hard to to get some of those kids, you know, to to play soccer when, when we have that kind of program. Um, and then baseball, uh, you know, I, like I said, I started as a baseball kid, but it used to be the summer, right? Like right. you'd get out of school and it mm-hmm. was Little League, June, July, and maybe a little bit into August, and that was it. Baseball is now nine months a year. Sure. You know, maybe yeah. more if you're getting yeah. some stuff on the side, and mm-hmm. and so it's hard, it's hard to get you know like on the boys' side, it's harder to get boys to play. On the girls' side, yeah, there's softball, but I mean, I think um, you know there are enough girls that that you know a lot you know a lot play each sport, but um, but I think that's the biggest challenge. Sure, you know, it's it's just finding finding uh, families who are open to it and kids who who get into it early and, and love it, and uh, seeing seeing how you can grow up from there. Do you see kids who play? You know, multiple sports, um, soccer, and what else? What would that what else be? Uh, yeah, we do. I, I really think uh, soccer and basketball are so complementary mm. to each other um, in terms of uh, spacing, angles, fitness, sure. uh, all those things. Um, you know, I'd love it if there were you know, a lot of kids who are trying to, you know, use those sports to, to build each other up uh, in, in that regard um, in their off seasons, you yeah. know. Yeah. Even if you're not looking to be a, a great soccer player or whatever, you know, if you can see that as your training off-season of basketball, use some different muscles, uh, I see a lot of great benefit there. Sure. Just because if you're used to running on a field that's 100 by 60, um, pressing on a small basketball court mm-hmm. is nothing at that yeah. point. You yeah. are you are super fit sure. and, and ready to go. Yeah. And, you know, it's, Pekin seems to have had so much success in, in all sports. I mean, we saw what the football team did this year. Uh, and uh, Pekin Hockey, uh, pretty, oh, yeah. pretty dominant powerhouse. So there's great things happening here in, in Pekin. But speaking of Pekin soccer, is there something you would like to share that maybe the community doesn't know or understand about Pekin soccer? Um, it's, it's really been great uh, seeing the club program grow and, and seeing those kids get those experiences and the fundamentals they need. Uh, when I got hired at, at Peak and, you know, the newspaper did an interview, and I was saying, look, until we get that kind of foundation, it's going to be a struggle to truly compete, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, imagine, you know, we've got established travel, basketball, and baseball, and, and things like that. Uh, imagine if kids were getting to high school and going out for, you know, basketball, having never played basketball and what right. that would look like mm-hmm. because that's what I was I was doing when I first got hired right we had a lot of girls who maybe they played basketball or they did cheer or whatever 
um, athletic, worked hard, but didn't have the same foundation um, that kids now have. And, and that's, that's squarely on, on, on the, the club programs, right? They're mm-hmm. really giving them those things so that when they get to me, um, you know, they understand what I'm talking about. Sure. You know, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I, I think uh, the time that uh, people like John Campbell, uh, Trish and Scott Folk, um, so many others have put into to building that club uh, has, has really done wonders uh, for the high school. And a lot, of those, you know, a lot of those kids have gone on to play in college. And you network with those folks in terms of, in terms of finding out uh, those who will continue to pursue it, the encouragement they need, uh, strengths, weaknesses, that type of thing. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll see it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm involved as a coach, and, sure. and so I'll, I'll, I'll know, and I'll have a sense. Yeah. You know, I'll have a sense for, for who, who's into it, who, who's, you know, who's got potential, and, and, uh, and it's always good to see. And, sure. and it always gives you a, a preview of, of things to come. I know with that first team, uh, when John reached out to me, they were in uh, fifth grade going to sixth. And uh, he's like, "Hey, why don't you, why don't you see if you want to run a session for them and whatever?" And I, I saw these kids. I'm like, "Wow, this is this is fantastic." Sure. And, and it was. I used to tell Julie, uh, his wife, like, "This is like knowing what you're getting for Christmas, mm-hmm. but you have to wait for three years." Yeah. And it yeah. was. It was like, "Oh my gosh, it's never going to get here." And now, you know, those girls are, you know, they're all grown up and, and into careers and, and some having kids. And it's 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 really great to see, you know, how they've they've. They've gone out in life and, and, and done great things. Some of them come back, reached out to you, and just shared the uh, impact that their involvement in soccer had with Absolutely. them as they become successful adults. Absolutely. And, think I, and so. I think a lot of those yeah. lessons carry on, yeah. right? I mean, I tell people all the time, you know, I, I love soccer. Uh, these kids, they love when they do it. But the reality is when, 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 you're, when you're done and you've hung up the cleats for the last time, the stuff you remember, you know, it's not the games, Right, it's it's the it's the lessons, it's the funny things that happened on the bus or at the hotel, mm-hmm. or you know the inside jokes that they had with each other for four years. Those are the things they take away. And and you know at the high school, I've I've really tried to build a culture where, you know, hey, look, we're going to work hard, we're going to play hard, uh, we're going to create a culture that's just really supportive, and 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 we're doing that. And and I think, you know, the great majority will will take take that piece of it away, sure. which is. Which is really heartwarming for me, right? Sure. Well, you know, I take it upon myself oftentimes to encourage younger people that uh, think of someone who had an influence or made a difference in your life. And don't miss out on the opportunity to let them know how much you appreciate the impact they had. And I know there's students who've done that uh, for you or to you. Uh, but on behalf of the community and those students, I want to thank you for the impact you've had, the difference you've made. Uh, it's been uh, an indelible mark on, on this community that uh, I think will last for, for generations. So I hope you take a lot of pride in being kind of a founding father of this, this great program. No. And uh, I appreciate you coming here. Anything else you want to share? Thanks. No, Gary, you know, it's, it's, it's nice of you to say that. And it's one of those things, too, where you know, I do tell these girls, you know, especially if they, they stay here in the community, I'm like, you know what? One day, soccer will just be how we met. Mm-hmm. You know, that time I spent as your coach will be a blip. And, you know, we're going to serve on boards together or committees together or do other things, you know, in the community to, to, to help, you know, grow what we're doing here. Sure. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really do get how it connects us and it's, it's such a positive thing. And, and I hope to keep doing it for as long as I can do it. Great. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for sharing your story. And again, Thank you for all you do. And thank you to to you, the listener, for uh, enjoying today's and partaking in today's podcast. 
Uh, I want to remind you that we always welcome any input, uh, thoughts, and ideas. Send us an email to peakinpodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank my sound man, Mike Eaton, uh, here well before me, which was kind of a surprise today. Uh, and um, also uh, thank you to Pekin Library for once again offering us the space here in their passport room. And have a great day.